Genre. Hi, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And we're from Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the entire Back to the Future trilogy one minute at a time. Like the minute when Principal Strickland becomes a vigilante hero of the wasteland after Biff takes over Hill Valley in the alternate 1985 timeline. I I don't... Wait, I don't I don't remember. Or that. the minute where we learn that Dr. Emmett Brown is secretly the saxophone king of Hill Valley. Hold on. When when did that or when, did that happen? when we slowly start to realize that George McFly may have murdered both of his parents. Okay. Now I don't I don't remember that being in the movies. Well, Scott, that's because none of those things are actually in the movies, but it's all stuff that we talk about on Back to the Future Minute. Back to the Future Minute, available at duelinggenre.com and wherever you get your podcasts. We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Welcome back to Harry Potter Minute, you guys, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And we have Scott Corelli joining us once again. Welcome back, Scott. Thanks. It's great to have you here. Uh, Today, we are talking about minute number 42. Uh, Minute 42 starts with Draco telling Ron that he must be a Weasley. And it ends with McGonagall leading the students through the Great Hall. I really love the Great Hall. We'll talk about the design of the Great Hall when we get in there, but really love the design of the Great Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott, I think you wanted to bring up um, Draco mentioning that uh, there are better wizard families than uh, that. Some wizard families are better than others. Oh yeah. So this the reason I think that this scene because we were talking about how like how. McGonagall just sort of like leaves them uh, unattended and and then comes back and and uh, one of the kids is being racist, um, <laughs> but but uh, I I think that the reason that this is here and this sort of goes back to last minute as well. But McGonagall mentioned that uh, your house will be like your family. And then he's, and then Draco here says some wizarding families are better than others. And so I think it's a double meaning as in like, he's saying like some families are better than others, but also like some houses are better than others. Um, and which, you know, goes into, I guess what will happen next week, which is Harry's dilemma about which house he belongs in. Yeah. Well, um, when we see Draco get sorted, I have a note, um, about a comment that Ron makes there. But mm-hmm. I think one of the things that, that, that Joe keeps reinforcing is that like, there is a potential for wizards to go bad. Mm-hmm. And, and Harry is seeing evidence that like, Oh, these are people that I don't want to associate myself with necessarily. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's afraid that he could be, he, because he's not, he didn't grow up in the wizarding world. I think he's afraid that like, there's a potential in him to like go down the wrong path kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I also, I can't help but point out that, um, like, is it just me or does Draco as a character start off acting like, an old man, like just like a, like, like, I mean, <laughs> he's kind of acting like his father and we don't even know his father yet, but he's sort of acting like his father. And then he gets, he turns more into a child as the series goes along so that by the time you get to the final movie, he just wants to be with his mommy and daddy. Yeah. Uh, which I just find, I don't know, it's an interesting arc. It's like, it's like a, it's, it's like a character, finding his innocence like yeah i i think draco um draco's an only child i imagine he comes from uh, this his even his mother his mother's kind of this aloof sort of i feel like there's not like an affectionate that goes on so much the same sort of way that uh, nanny like one of those rich families yeah and like his dad even though his dad is a death eater like has a lot of strong ties with the ministry and so i'm sure that he's always just seeing like his dad like being the showman for the the big important people that are coming to the house or like getting dragged along wait 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 wait. we know his nanny because we meet him in the next movie His, Mm. his nanny is dobby Oh, yes, oh. you're right. <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that. Uh, wait, are, are house elves, like, do they do the babysitting? I, they do, I they, they do did. what, they do anything they tell them to I do. I just figured that they wouldn't trust a house elf to, I mean, sure you could trust a house elf to do your, your housework, but would you trust them with your child? Is There's I, no way that Dobby hasn't changed all of Draco's diapers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm absolutely certain that you're correct on that. That's a yeah. hilarious image. Yeah. Of Dobby having to change a baby Malfoy diaper. We talked about, um, children of wizarding families uh and like their primary school education yes and a lot of them being homeschooled right mm-hmm. i would imagine that there was probably like another person that's got that like i can't, dobby's not teaching draco how to read and write because i don't think house elves no. would know how to do any of that so, so there's maybe, you know, I, I'm sure that the Malfoys, because they have like a manner, I'm sure they have all number of, of people that are like, of like servants. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, do, do big rich wizarding families do the same thing as like rich muggle people do? And that's have a butler, have a cook, have that's, a. That's interesting though, because why would they need those things? They could just use magic for all that. Maybe they can't even bother themselves to flick the wrist. Maybe. <laughs> oh, that's that's interesting. Why would they uh, why dignify themselves? Guys, am, to- I right? <laughs> am I right? Am I right? <laughs> oh man, this very <laughs> pale, very blonde child. <laughs> that, he no, that's not natural blonde. <laughs> Look at those roots. Uh, well, I mean, Tom Felton, but I know. Either I, I just got the illustrated edition of uh, Sorcerer's Stone, and the character design for Draco Malfoy and that is like spooky. He's like a little it's more spooky. like thin, and like his his he's got like this kind of sunken in sallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his hair's so pale it's almost white, like mm-hmm. platinum blonde. Yeah, like more like definitely more blonde than he is here. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Like, to Lucius Malfoy is yeah. very. Very blonde. I'm super excited for his introduction next movie. Oh, he's 
such a jerk, that guy. I like speaking of speaking of Harry Potter illustrations. You know, I mm-hmm. I I follow a lot of comic book artists, and occasionally they'll do like some sort of Harry Potter like fan art kind of thing as like a warm up piece or something. And it strikes me odd, and I know that J.K. Rowling is very controlling of the Harry Potter property, but I do find it odd that she's never approved a comic book. Oh. Yeah. Because there are certain artists that I just think would be amazing at it. Like, Scotty Young comes to mind. He did all those, like, Wizard of Oz. Um, Scotty Young would be really good, actually, right? Yeah, his Hagrid is, like, one of my favorite Hagrids I've ever seen, because he's just, like... He's just like a wad of hair with like two beady eyes, like <laughs> in the, <laughs> the, the mass of hair. Um, and I, I just, I love his Hagrid and, and his Harry is really cute. Um, but you know, I, I just find it, I've always found that weird. And I don't know if it's like a respect, like she doesn't really respect the medium very much or if she's just waiting or what the deal is, but yeah, I don't know because there's Maybe been so many, dawned on there's her, been so know. many other, adaptations of harry potter like i've mm-hmm. played countless video games i oh, have yeah, oh, yeah. you know the, we have the animated uh, the illustrated books that have been coming out yep um right yeah no i was just just before recording this i was playing uh lego harry potter oh, oh i love awesome. the lego harry potter games which is which makes this really when they walk into the great hall and there's those two torches on either side i'm like why aren't they smashing those torches for coins oh right <laughs> it's not lego <laughs> you know i call them coins too but my boyfriend who is a huge lego collector always like he's like they're not coins he's like they're pigs and i'm like whatever <laughs> wait i've never heard oh pegs. they're studs heard- yeah they're studs. studs okay studs. yeah studs yeah he's i like, have trouble studs. calling them studs because i, I get a <laughs> i get another image in my head when I think go collect studs. all those studs yeah I'll go collect some all beefcake. Those- <laughs> some beefcake looking dude in a tank top just from <laughs> right. the gym you know <laughs> It's like no thanks. I'll I'll pass on that. <laughs> no, I play Lego everything, so I've played the Lego Harry Potter games. Like I don't, I don't think I've ever played the, the Harry the Lego Harry Potter ones. No, I played them all. Yeah, I just I just got it because they re released them in HD um, for PS4, and they put oh, like yes, they put right. I about yeah that. they put all all like both games on one disc, and so That's I've been playing. Convenient. Yeah, so I've been playing that. I finished. I finished one through four, years one through four, the first game, and I got I got a hundred percent on that, and now I'm working my way through, uh, years four, five, five through seven, part two, or however that's divided. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but, whatever. Yeah, but um, those are fun. yeah, there no, there's so much fun. I I actually miss those kinds of Lego games, the ones where no one talked in them. Um, well, they just do that weird pantomime. Yeah, yeah. They do I like silly, that. Like pantomime. Yeah. Oh, I kind of. I uh, I started playing those first, and then immediately switched over when they started doing the audio. And then I mm-hmm. went back and played the older ones that I missed out, like the Harry Potter ones. And I was just so taken aback, like, "Oh, I'm so used to them talking. This is weird. Why are they? Why are they mm-hmm. just not speaking right now?" <laughs> <laughs> pantomime is kind of off-putting after like just listening to them but it's so silly that's why i think that's why i like it because it allows them to do really silly versions of like dark stuff um <laughs> you know like like when uh when dumbledore's um got that like 
the bad hand from Half-Blood Prince. Like oh, my the, God. The hand has, like, a mind of its own, and he's having to keep, like, popping it back in place because it's – It's like an idle hands like, moment because it's – Oh, that's so yeah. funny. Yeah. And it's just – it's uh, – I don't so know. It's silly. cute. I like that. Like, like all the sounds are – It's like, okay. Yeah. That they do a lot. Yeah. I have to play those. That sounds great. It's fun. I I'm I never played these. any of the other Harry Potter games. I played. I I I feel like I played one or two of them, but eventually they stopped making them, didn't they? Um, I I definitely feel like they didn't make a game for all of them. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I only played I played a couple of them on my GameCube, and then I had Chamber of Secrets on my computer, mm-hmm. and then I got uh the Quidditch World Cup game. Which oh, was yeah, I remember that one. Probably my favorite Harry Potter game. Yeah. I don't even really like sports games that much, but like but playing Quidditch. Quidditch is awesome. <laughs> but it's Quidditch. Exactly. They could probably they could probably do that again. Oh, it would be you could you could revamp it and it would be it could be really <gasps> great. Yeah, it could. Oh my gosh, with the graphics now. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Hmm. Someone get yeah, on I've, that. I've got uh I've got the the um Fantastic Beasts Lego Dimension set, but I haven't cracked it open yet. But I'm, mm. I'm excited too. I I'm love, disappointed Lego didn't make sets. Uh, yeah, great. that is weird, actually, huh? Because they made Harry Potter sets back in the day, right? Uh, but I guess they, they just figured there was Beasts. no children in this. Then, like, no one's gonna care, right? Maybe I don't know. I guess, or they were just like, "Look, we're making so much money on Star Wars. Who even cares?" Like, <laughs> like right? Else. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> they just keep renewing that contract, <laughs> right? So, uh, back to the minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Draco holds his hand out. Mm-hmm. This is again. This is again. Draco being. Like a grown up, very adult. Yeah, I, an eleven I year old played, shake your hand. I played the first episode of the Batman Telltale game, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. there is a moment in that in that first episode where Falcone yes. Falcone shows up at 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 um at Wayne Manor during this event that's going on, and there's a very tense moment where you as Bruce Wayne get to decide if you're going to shake his hand or not. Yes, and. And and every time I see this minute now, that's exactly what I think of. <laughs> that's um, funny. And Harry's such a savage. He's like <laughs> he just looks at his hand like uh, <laughs> he, I can tell. I can tell. Uh, I just I just I can now, tell the wrong story for myself. Time, thanks. Now every time I watch this scene, I'm just gonna see a little mom, a little thing pop up that just says Draco will remember that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> You're damn right he will. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's my favorite. That uh that McGonagall shoulder tap. It 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 makes me wonder, <laughs> does McGonagall like children? <laughs> look at the look on her face. I, She's like, I don't know. Like I, I don't. feel like I feel like she likes the older kids. Like they like she has fun with the older kids. And I think she likes babies. But when they're this young. But this age, I think they annoy the snot out of her. I don't think she – because <laughs> she doesn't become, uh, like, much of a warm presence until, like, the third, fourth movie. Yeah. These <laughs> first two movies, she's very harsh and short with everyone. 
Just, just that stern face. Yeah, stern is yeah. exactly the Pursed word. I would lips, use. you know. Like, mm-hmm. Right. I don't. I don't think she likes children. Looking down her nose at you. <laughs> yeah. I. I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> uh, she's just like they're always sticky, and I don't know why. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, no, maybe, maybe when she started her professor career, like she was, you know, very, you know, bright faced and and ready to be a teacher, and then just they just wore her down. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how long McGonagall's been teaching at Hogwarts for. Oh, off the top of my head, I assume a long time. Do you think she taught? Was she, she taught them, do you think she taught the Marauders? Was she there that long? I think so. That hasn't been that long ago. I think Uh, so. I think she would have been a brand new teacher then. Because she was, because she was like a big Quidditch World Cup star for a little while, right? uh, A career doing that? You know, I don't. I know that she's really into Quidditch, and I know that we see a moment in the movie later that's, that, People point at and think that it's her name as like a, like on a Quidditch trophy here in this movie. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it's actually been established that she, I know that she's like a hyper fan because every time we see her in the book at the Quidditch matches, like she's getting just as into it as Lee Jordan is while he's commentating. She, she's like one of those fans that actually wears all the colors. Yeah, and but like I don't know if she actually parkour played, fans. I don't know if she actually played Quidditch. Um, I would love to look into that. We'll talk. We'll have to talk about that when we get to uh, when she sees Harry catch the remember all later. Uh, so it says, it says that she was she went to school, um, in 1947. Okay, that's when she was there from 47 to 54. What the heck? The Harry <laughs> the the Harry Potter thing is getting mad at my ad blocker and not oh, letting no. me see the page. <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, the, meanwhile, my ad blocker is blocking seventy five pop ups, and I'm like, I'm not going to turn that off. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. The Harry Potter wiki page is very aggressive with its uh, with and its ads. ads. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the fandom powered wiki pages have a lot of trouble. Um, at least yeah. on my phone, I I fight with it a little bit. I don't see anything about her being a Quidditch, uh, Quidditch star. I don't know why I thought that. I, I felt think like I had read that at some point. I think it, I think it is because of the, um, after Harry gets put on the team and we see James Potter's name, I think it's because on that same plaque there is an M McGonagall. It says she played, well, I mean, it says she played for the Gryffindor Quidditch team, but huh. for some reason I thought that she went on to play Quidditch professionally for That would be while. amazing. I headcanon accepted. I'm into that. (laughs) The only, the only person that I know that went on to play professional Quidditch was Ginny Weasley for a little bit. I think she played for the Hollyhead Harpies as a chaser. Yeah. Weird. Post, post, uh, Hogwarts for a little while. Hmm. That's I don't know. I would uh, love. Oh, so 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 McGonagall, uh, nineteen fifty six is when she started teaching for Hogwarts. Wow. Did you yeah. see? I just like the fact that it says that. Uh, unfortunately, that she did play for Gryffindor Quidditch, but in her final year, suffered a nasty fall during <gasps> a with a Slytherin match uh, that left her with a concussion, several broken ribs, and a lifelong desire to see Slytherin crushed <laughs> on the Quidditch pitch. 
which explains why she just hates Slytherin Quidditch so much. Okay. Because it was, she, she suffered a very nasty fall. Yeah. So there you go. So 1956. So she definitely was there for the Marauders. Yes. I, that's awesome. So you would think she would look at Harry Potter and be kind of worried, like, oh, are you going to be like your dad? Like, oh, God. (laughs) Which parent do you take after the most? Exactly. Like, let's hope it's Lily. You have your mother's eyes? Well, no, she probably loved James Potter because he was a sociopath. Oh, yeah. He was a, he was also, (laughs) that's right. You're right. Yeah. An all-star Quidditch player for her, for her house. Right. You would you would think maybe she would want to like she she probably wouldn't be very surprised later on when she does catch a remember all and be like oh oh yeah like yeah. yes another Potter on her Quidditch team like yes. this is what we need excellent I get that look at that Great Hall oh yeah we get to see the Great Hall in this scene yeah uh, for the first time I, I love the Great I, Hall I love the Great Hall what I what I'm not crazy about and again this is something that I blame Chris Columbus for. Um, <laughs> One of, one of many things that I don't like about him as a director is that, uh, and the reason why I think that Alfonso Cuaron changed these, this series for the better forever. Um, but he, Chris Columbus doesn't seem to understand or has even thought about what the lives of these kids were like before they entered Hogwarts. It's like they, they were, they were born on the train to Hogwarts and arrived here. <laughs> They're like, what is life? Um, because all of them are so amazed at everything that they're seeing, and that doesn't make sense to me at all. The only people that should be amazed are Everyone's Harry Potter, in. Harry Potter, and Muggleborns. That's it. Yeah. Everyone right. else, right. this should just be like school. They're just at school. It's it's like big and, deal, right? No big deal. Like they see magic every day of their lives. Hermione is the only, in fact, the only Muggleborn who would pretend that she doesn't care. Because she wants to fit in. <laughs> yeah, because right. she's read all about it. She knows. Right. But, she's like, oh, okay. Right. But there should be that layer of just like, oh my God, I'm actually seeing all this stuff that I read about in the books. But there, there should only be a handful of kids that are amazed by the Grand Hall. But instead, everyone is, and that doesn't make any sense to me. And that's, that's Chris Columbus being a bad director. I wonder if it's like, the kind of scope of it, like even growing up in a wizard household where your parents are doing magic, Maybe and things, you just never seen you know, anything. Like I've been to grandiose. church, but then I've you walk into like uh, the Sistine Chapel or something, it's gonna blow your socks off because it's a whole other there's it's a whole other tier of like magnificence that they don't see on the day to day basis. But to them, it's not magnificent because magic is just every everyday life for them. I guess so. I. Yeah, I, I love – even Hermione's, like, turning to these kids and, like, trying to tell them, like, they don't know that the ceiling's bewitched. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who the girl is she's talking to. There's a bunch of kids that I – that don't have any credit, don't have any – I think there's, like, 400 extras or something they talk about uh, mm-hmm. in one of the, like, behind-the-scenes things. Mm-hmm. Um, Hermione's uh, – <laughs> Hermione's – the way that she says the title – it's yes. like it's like she forgot the second part, and she was like, just like I read in Hogwarts, uh, history. <laughs> I I uh, it's like, uh, oh, oh yeah. She there's a a comma in the title on the book, and yeah. she milks it. <laughs> <laughs> Hogwarts, 
a history. Like I love the I love the way like her head even bobs when she says the second part. She like, does that just, a lot. She did that on the train where she kind of pops her hip or <laughs> kind of does like this tilt of her head like with a little uh-huh. attitude. And I'm just like, it's so great. I love, yeah, it. I love she, it like, so much. Punctuates what she says with like body movement. With, with a, yes, right. exactly. It's like, like she's little, telling like, herself, nailed it. Like <laughs> just like, yes, yeah. <laughs> That's your like, mm, like got yeah. it, got it. <laughs> yes, gold star. <laughs> I know. She wishes I gold stars were given. Really love the design of like the roof here. Mm-hmm. Like when we see the starry sky, yes, but yes. you can also see like the archways that support the actual top of the building. Right. Um I wrote because in the in the film wizardry book that talks about like the, a lot of the production stuff, uh they say that the Great Hall is inspired by the Great Hall in Christ Church in Oxford. Yes. I but the uh overarches, the the kind of roof aspect is actually based on Westminster Hall. Oh. Um mm. and it's designed uh they designed this hall to have like hidden doorways so that you can like kind of open it all up and bring everyone in without having to go just through this through like, the main door. entrance door. Yeah, exactly. And then when I was watching this kind of minute by minute, I noticed that um, those torches that are hanging on the wall, there's gargoyles that are holding them that represent each of the different houses. Oh. And so there's, like, on the wall, a badger, a lion, uh, a raven, and a, a snake that are all, like, gargoyles kind of coming out of the stone. It's really cool. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love the the look of the the Grand Hall, but one of the things that... I think changes for the better after Columbus leaves is, uh, for some reason, I, like, Columbus's lighting isn't great. Um, his, his thing is just like, well, it's a magic world, so everything's lit and there's no reason for it. Like, there's no practical reason why this room is as lit up as it is. He's just like, it's magic, shrug. Um, and then, <laughs> and then going forward, there's much more natural lighting going on. Like, if you if you compare this to the lighting in the uh goblet scene in Goblet of Fire. Yeah. It's like a completely different room because that room is actually lit by fire. This room is lit by fire and a bunch of other stuff. And a bunch <laughs> of other lights see. that we can't see because it's mm-hmm. covered by a CGI roof. Yep, exactly. And it's just it's I just bad it's like it's one of those things where it's just like chris columbus doesn't he doesn't overthink anything which is how he turned around uh you know five hours of movie in two years um yeah because he just everything he did i think was like one or two takes because he just moved forward constantly and he's not a very critical director to me i don't think no he's doing he's doing a lot of this uh, from what I've, I've, I've read, it seems that he like tried to shoot a lot of things in sequence. He wanted to do things practically. And when he didn't, it didn't work out. He just like tossed it to the CGI department. It was like, this is yours to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, like do this now. Exactly. Um, he we'll almost about- directed all seven movies, uh, or what would have been seven movies at wow. the time. And then of course eight. And, and the only reason he didn't was because, uh, his kids missed him, and he was like, "I can't be away from my kids for like ten years." Uh, I th- and so and so he stepped back after the second movie, but he was he was contracted to direct all seven. 
Wow. Wow. I yeah. think maybe it's to the benefit. It's definitely to the benefit of the series that like. Oh yeah. It switches directions. It, yeah. That it gets to take on a new direction and, and kind of. Cause it gets progressively yeah. darker and you mm-hmm. kind of need like a different uh, perspective on mm-hmm. things. Right. I mean, just imagine the sixth movie and everyone is still just wearing their Hogwarts robes perfectly like they were when they were 11 years old. <laughs> No, I, I, uh, <laughs> never wearing I, street clothes, just wearing nope. the wizard robes all the time. You know, I, you like I want real more kids. Hats. <laughs> more what? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I don't think that any kid that goes to a school where like you're required to wear a uniform by, by like five, six years into that, like kids are rebellious and you're just uh-huh. like, oh, like I don't, I don't need to, this isn't rules. They don't enforce these rules that often. Right. right, like, what are they going to do? Send me back to my doors? Yeah. Yeah, the only thing that I, you know, credit where credit's due, I think Chris Columbus does an excellent job of showing the world through a child's eye. I think he's really good at that. I mean, he did that really well in, um, not so much in Home Alone, but definitely in Home Alone too. Because, like, every time... Every time Kevin McAllister enters like the hotel or that toy store or whatever, like he's he shoots everything low to the ground and he looking does, up yes. at everything. Yeah. It, everything in Lost in New York is ba- – I mean Lost in New York is basically like Harry Potter 0.5. Like <laughs> it's it's very Harry Potter. That That particular movie is – has some very like almost like magical esque moments, even oh, though yeah. it's not a magic movie. Oh yeah, like that that pigeon lady. Right, right. Uh, 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 someone She's a squid, th- I swear. <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone he thinks is a bad guy, and then turns out to not be so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, always. <laughs> uh, the pigeon lady. The pigeon lady. The, I, I, my head canon is the pigeon lady is McGonagall's uh, squib <laughs> sister. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. That makes, that makes me so happy. I think they're both That's Scottish, great. I'm pretty sure. Oh, definitely that woman was Scottish. Yeah. And McGonagall, yes. Oh. Yeah. This is makes so much sense. Oh, <laughs> that's fun. So then what house would Kevin McAllister Mm. Oh, I almost want to put him in Slytherin, but <laughs> but I don't know. He's he's a very clever. Kid. Uh, yeah, he could he, so could, he could be a Ravenclaw. He'd be a, a Raven Slytherin, like right there. Cuss. <laughs> I don't know that kid. Slitherclaw. A Slitherclaw. I was trying to make it work. <laughs> All right, that's close enough, I suppose. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who that kid is that Hermione is talking to. Yeah, I don't either. The girl behind Hermione is Susan Bones. That's Susan, yeah, as I was saying, that's Susan Bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, Eleanor Columbus. Um, she'll be one of the first people sorted in uh, tomorrow's minute? No, Thursday's minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that was everything I had for minute 42. Does it yep. end right here with her... Uh... Saying Hogwarts history. No, uh, it ends with just a couple more steps down the hallway. Like yeah. that look at the uh, candles. With that actually, wonderful actually, McGonagall while hat. While we're looking at the candles, um, since we were talking just a second about uh, like Chris Columbus kind of moving through really quickly and wanting to uh, wanting to do things practically, and then just talk. Like I heard that their original plan for this, according to that that film wizard review book, was that they wanted to actually like suspend candles from the ceiling. That would be a terrible idea. And and they had like a rig set up. One of them fell. Of course it did. And they had a like candle. a small fire. 
And they were like, we're not doing this anymore. Of course. I mean, I, it seems obvious to me that you do practical candles and CGI flame. That, I, that makes that makes so there much sense. Go. Boom. No, I think it's all just... I think it's all CGI done. I think once the first candle fell, they were like, just take all these down. It was, yeah, just take them down. That's silly. What a that waste. is silly. I know. <laughs> I know. He actually, they do achieve some really great, like, practical things. They, there's a lot. I mean, there's plenty of CGI moments that we'll talk about coming up. But uh, I think they do a lot of really cool practical things, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was everything I had for Minute 42, though. Yep. You get the back of a that hat. I love that McGonagall hat. Oh, McGonagall's hat's the best. Oh, wait till we see the sorting hat tomorrow. That's, that's a cool hat. But that's not a hat anyone wears. It's a. Is it bewitched? Is it sentient? Well, it, yeah, every every child that ever goes to Hogwarts wears the sorting hat. That's true. <laughs> did, you, did you see that? Like that? Does that mean like what if a kid has lice? Oh no! <laughs> every kid. There's gonna be an outbreak at Hogwarts. That would be t- just just in the first years. Just for the first years, yeah, that's right, that's right. Maybe it goes around. That'd be terrible. <laughs> Kids at the bottom of the don't list give are the sorting hat lice. Maybe there's maybe there's a bewitchment on the hat to keep it from passing Look, anything like that. On. Some wizarding families are better than others. Okay, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all you gotta say. Okay, the Weasleys have lice. Oh. <laughs> Poor Ron. It just makes me think of that Aladdin line. It's like he has that he has fleas. Oh, I don't have fleas. And then he's like scratch scratches. Scratches. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. You can join us tomorrow for more of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Minute. Uh you can follow us on Facebook and join our Facebook group, uh Harry Potter Minute and the Listener's Army. There's a lot of great discussion that happens over there. I always have a really good time talking to people about the stuff we're talking about. <laughs> it's been fun. Uh, and you can find us on JulianGenre.com, along with Back to the Future Minute and mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings Minute. Mm-hmm. Our little trio of minute shows over there. It's great. And more on the way. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm eagerly awaiting the stuff you've got You've got planned, Scott. Yay. All right. I think that was it. Are we saying mischief managed? Here we go. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> it's okay. It's always like that. <laughs> I know.